You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, and we are here once again to help to open up the scriptures with you guys and really understand what our purpose is on this earth and how we should go out and share the gospel. My partner in crime in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird. He is with Revive Ohio. Hello again, Mr. Bird. Hey, Angie. Good to see you again. We have been on this wonderful journey. We've talked about how our lives are transformed, especially through the Holy Spirit, and how We've seen examples in the Bible and ourselves included. We have been changed by Christ and by the Holy Spirit. Then we talked about our identity, our identity in Christ, how we've been adopted by God and how we should take this identity and go out with confidence. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about sharing the gospel for the sake of God. For God's sake was the first one we did. I loved it. What does it mean to say we're doing it for God's sake? And then it was like... Where can we take this out to? And how do we do this for the sake of the gospel? And we got into unity. So today I want to take that piece of unity and I want to talk about where do we stand right now? I feel like we're in the place where Jesus is bringing about revival. I'm seeing it in music. I'm seeing it in what people are speaking. I'm seeing it in the people and the fire that are coming to the people. And so what do you think, Mark? Do you think revival is really coming to us? I do, because I believe that God wants to visit us. He wants to visit his people. And of course, Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. And again, he said, I didn't come to call the righteous, but I come to call the sinners to repentance. And so with that is what I guess we would term revival, but that is bringing something back to life. That was dead. And so what I want to look at today is I want to look at this revival that we're talking about is revival for unity, that we would come together to do what the original intention Jesus had for us is to go and share the gospel. Because I say this a lot, Angie, and I say, hey, you know what? According to the scriptures, where is Jesus right now? Like right now, where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the father, isn't he? Yeah. He completed his work. And now he's given us the keys to the kingdom. Here's my thought, Mark, is the way that the modern church is operating. We sometimes have our little cliques, as in high school, we all have a click. My thing is, if Jesus was standing right now in the midst of us, what would he say? Would he say, keep doing what you're doing? Or would he say, come to me, let's come together. Let's go out together. That's what he did with his disciples, didn't he? That's right. He brought them together and then he sent them out. Why are we not clinging to this vision? This is what he set up in the first place. Yeah. And I say, if he's calling us disciples, which if you call yourself a disciple, you're a follower of Christ, that's it. You want to learn and grow from the master, right? And the master is saying, now I've completed my work. Now I need you to go. I need you to go to Jerusalem and Samaria yes. and Judea and, and the ends of the earth, ends of the earth right? <laughs> and that was the last thing he said before he ascended into heaven. Yes. Let's do that. All right. So today, before we get into the scripture, we're going to have some hard hitting scripture out of Revelation. And I know <laughs> you're pouring over it, trying to pick and choose what you want to do. But this morning, I want to introduce our listening audience to Jason O'Neill. Hello, Jason. Hey, Angie. How are you? Hey, Mark. How you doing there, Jason? I'm doing good, man. I'm 
just living the dream, as they say. <laughs> so let me tell people about how we know Jason. Jason came to Ohio from Indiana to participate in Revive Champaign County. And I didn't know Jason from anybody, but Jason and I happened to be put on a team together. And we brought a couple other people who only one of the people in that team I actually knew. And we had an amazing experience as we were driving around Urbana and met this wonderful woman whose name was Joy. What better way to, to celebrate than to meet somebody named Joy and eventually led her to the Lord. The four of us, not just one individual, but the four of us coming together in this incredible unity and leading this woman to the Lord. And I remember when she looked up and she said, what church are you guys all from? <laughs> and we all started <laughs> laughing. Well, I don't even know, Jason, what church do you go to? And, you know, Joe, what church do you go to? It was really funny that we were just acting as the body. And it really painted a picture for me, Mark, in an incredible way of the body of Christ doing what we are supposed to do. So, Jason, what was your thought on that whole event? Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that really I had met any uh, of the other members on the team. And, Andy, you and I maybe had met the, the day before or something like that. But, like, we, we just we didn't know our backgrounds. We didn't know uh, – we had no history. And there was a blended cultures. And, and I just – it was a beautiful thing. And the image of that, the lady, you know, she had – early on in her life had kind of been hurt by the church or, or what have you or had some church hurt. And it really helped her to see that unity – when she asked us, what church are you going to? She, she was able to see that, Hey, these guys really are here for me. They're not just here to get me to go to a church. It was beautiful. I absolutely agree. It was the first time that I'd ever been part of something like this. And, uh, it was actually the first time that I had actually been involved in someone coming to the Lord. I can't believe I've lived so many years as a Christian and never led somebody to the Lord personally. And it, it was Oh, it's just a beautiful painting. That's all I can think of is when some master painter is painting his masterpiece and how it comes together and you just ooh and ah the whole time. That's how I felt it was happening that day. Yeah, it was wild. I mean, and ending up seeing her or being a part of her being baptized in a mobile baptism. I mean, that that is just icing on the cake. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but it, it it is a rich experience. You know, when. I hear that often uh, from so many people that, you know, have been in church and have never uh, done power evangelism or have never done evangelism on the streets or prayed with people. It's like, how have I been in church this long and have not experienced this? Or how has this not been a part of my, of my journey with Christ? Um, when it finally gets activated in somebody's life, Angie, you're exactly right, man. Like, it's it's amazing. It's there's nothing like it. It's something that for me, it's almost like a drug. I mean, I can't I can't get off of it because it, it just the there's so many testimonies and stories and experiences that we have. It's crazy. I love it. We we spoke to somebody in the last couple of weeks that said the same thing. It was almost like an addiction. He just can't stop. He needs to be able to continue to operate in the spirit that way. All right. So, Mark, go ahead and set up this teaching for us. Yeah, let me uh, let me make this transition by saying this revival that we're that we're speaking about today is really the church getting revived because 
The church actually needs to be revived before we can help revive someone else. And of course, the testimony that you guys shared is about a gal that you met and she's revived now. But I'm thinking about how about you getting I, revived, I, Angie? Everybody on the team said the same thing. It was like a revival for us. It changed all of our lives. And it really changes your whole perspective on where we are as individuals, like you and Jason both shared, but also as the church. And so here we are, we are all a part of a church, mm-hmm. right? And yet we still needed to be revived. And so what I want to dive into today, and of course we could do this for weeks and weeks, Angie, but just today I'm going to touch on the letters to the seven churches in the beginning of Revelation that uh, Jesus wrote or said to John the Revelator. And what we're going to look at is what is the actual, in a short version, message to each of these churches? And basically, you could say that all of these seven churches needed revived. And so Jesus said, listen, here's some things that you're doing that is good. Here's some great things that you're doing as a church. But listen, you're missing it. You're missing a couple of points. And if we just go through quickly and highlight this, the and starting in chapter 2, verse 1 of Revelation, right? The very first letter that he writes here is to the church at Ephesus. And he's saying, nevertheless, in verse 4, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And so again, we have to ask ourselves, as a member of the body of Christ, or even as the church that we belong to, Have we left our first love? Are we still motivated by the first love? Jason, what's your heart say about that? I think so often with the church and going to Sunday and doing Sunday mornings, doing Wednesdays, doing the the whole aspect of what we call church, sometimes there's, there's things that get in the way of the authenticity of what we're really called to, the authenticity of uh, the heart of God. It's not, and, and somebody could hear that and say, well, what do you mean? Do you, do you mean doing church isn't uh, the heart of God? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that, yes, we we have done things to reach people. We've done things to minister to people, but there's so much more. There's, and, and you brought that out really well, Mark, when you said, hey, you've just missed something. It's not that everything you're doing is terrible. It's just you're missing a part. You're missing the deep authenticity of my heart. And that is that God would, that none should go to hell. Nobody should be lost. Nobody should be uh, without a relationship with God. And so it's it's getting back to that authenticity, that authentic relationship where we impact people. You're right on. Yeah, and that's so good. And in verse two, he's saying, listen, I know your works. I know your labor. I know your patience and that you cannot bear with those who are evil. So he's saying, man, that's cool. That's great. Listen, you're doing a good thing. But nevertheless, I have this against you that don't forget where you came from. Don't forget your first love. He goes on in verse five. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen repent and do the first works or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. But basically he's saying, listen, be zealous, repent, listen, get back and refocus on me is what I think the, the, the message to the letter at Ephesus here. And, and not even just focusing on him, but what he called us to do. And that's back to where he gathered the 70 together and he sent them out and what he says in Matthew chapter 28. So yes, there's more to it than just focusing on Jesus. It's actually 
continuing what he told us to do, which is to go out, correct? Yeah, and it's interesting. He always says in all of these letters to these churches, he's saying, listen, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. You know, if you're listening, make sure you're paying attention because there's some good and there's some things that need a little bit of adjustment here. So we'll move on, starting in verse 8, to the message of the church at Smyrna. And he's saying, I know your works, your tribulation, and your poverty. But you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Okay, and then I'm jumping down to verse 10. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He's saying persevere. Hang in there. I see what you're going through, and I'm aware of it, and I'm here to help you. And that's completely back to what you were saying over the last couple of weeks that, yeah, we need to seek and we need to push into God and do what he says, even if there's persecution that comes upon us. And it will. He's promised us that. Right, Angie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, well, just what you read previously, right before that, I hear in today's terminology, don't forget where you came from. And for some of us, like, well, really for all of us that are reaching out uh, to people, you know, I was a addict. I was a drug addict. I got radically saved in 94 and from a cocaine addiction. And I've just never been the same since. And so many of us have a testimony where, you know, we were going along the way we were in sin, dead in sin. And all of a sudden we got radically saved and came into the to his marvelous light. Right. Well, it's like after years of being in church and, and hanging out and being, quote unquote, saved and feeling like now you're you're okay you're rich you're you're taken care of like you could lose that understanding of forgetting where you came from and i i feel like every time i hear that scripture read it's like you know man you think that now because you're all cleaned up everything's okay and and you're totally forgetting what i saved you from and what i delivered you from and so it just personally man it just continues to speak to me Jay, look, I don't care how long you've been in this. I mean, I celebrated, you know, my anniversary of being saved on Mother's Day of 94. And and every year that it comes around, I just I'm like, man, you know, God, I remember the feeling that I had when I didn't know you and I had not encountered you. And and I was in dark darkness and I was I was lost and depressed and everything else and couldn't get out man, I got to keep, but I got to keep that in front of my face. You know, I have to, because we can, that's when you get judgmental is if you lose sight of where you came from, you get judgmental, you start judging the world, you start judging, you call people sinners and all that other stuff. It's like, man, stop. Like, don't forget what happened to you and take that passion and share it with others. Like Angie was saying, not, not just about remembering Christ, but remembering other people. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what really speaks to me. Every time I hear that scripture is just don't forget where you came from. Yeah. And really when you go, you know, Jesus, again, as I mentioned, he's promising persecution. I'm I'm just kind of chuckling to myself. Verse 10, he goes on to say, Jesus is saying, indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested 
and you will have tribulation. He's saying, but be faithful until death and I'll give you the crown of life. Again, it's focusing on, listen, you're going to suffer things. It's going to happen if you're being the church, if you're really being the church. So if you're not suffering persecution, I would invite you to examine what's going on. What are your works? Yeah, I definitely see how we as a as a body, as a church, have gotten comfortable at just going on Sundays and having a tickling of our ears. We hear a nice message or a good Bible story, and then we go home and just walk into normal life. And you're right. We should be attacking the gates of hell. We should be attacking the enemy and stopping him by going out and continuing to do what God has called us to do. That's for sure. And then then we move into, starting in verse 12, the letter to the church at Pergamos. And he's saying, I know your works. Again, it's interesting. He keeps saying to these churches, I know your works. I know what you're doing. Right. And he's saying, I see that it's good. And so, like Jason said, it's not just about this rebuke, but it's like, listen, you're doing some good things. But listen, I need you to continue on. I need you to persevere. We call that sandwiching when you give a compliment and then a correction and then another compliment. And Jesus is the perfect communicator. He's saying not everything you're doing is bad and not everything the church is doing is bad. That's true. But let's dig a little deeper into who he is. Yeah. And he continues on in verse 13. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. That's heavy. And you hold fast to my name and you did not deny my faith, even in the days which Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed among you where Satan dwells. It's interesting. He says, but I have a few things against you. One more time. He's saying to this church at Pergamos. He's saying, you know what? I see this. This is a good thing. You're holding fast. You're, you're persevering. But listen, I've got a few things against you because you have had there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit sexual immorality. So he's saying here, hey, listen, you can't get over in and let the world pollute you. You've got to keep yourself. And again, the promise that he's saying to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and you will have new life. So the promise again is, listen, here's what's happening. Here's what I see you doing, but you're drifting. And it's again, a similar message to see saying, hey, come on now refocus on what I've asked you to do as the church by representing me in the world. Mark, even though this is really good information and really deep, I'm going to have to say, let's sit on those three churches for this week and let's continue this conversation for next week. Revival and how we need to be aware of kind of a self-check as a church, where we're going to. And we're continuing to include Jason O'Neill in the conversation and in the teaching. And we're going to continue this on next week. You are listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.